Hey, 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 what's going on, y'all? Uh, I'm, I'm so, so glad, glad to just have your attention just for a moment. I promise you, we're going to make it worth your while. So, I'm Mario J. Brown, singer, songwriter, and CEO. And my right hand, my co host, MJB Music. And my right hand, my co AKA Jim, AKA. Yeah, CMO of MJB Music. we here live and in the spot. I'm excited about this show. Listen, man, we brought you this podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. Just to bring you everything in music, education, and culture. We understand that it's more than just a song. Um, I've had the opportunity to be in the industry for about 20 years, a little over 20 years, actually. And um, I know that there's so much that goes into it, but I've, I've garnered some really, really valuable relationships. And so I've been pulling on some friends, man, some industry friends, and they're coming and they're bringing their supply and sharing all kind of tools, you know, just to kind of help you along the way. So, James, tell them some of the people that will, well, not even the people, but the type of people that we'll be talking about and talking to on this podcast. Well, I'm glad you asked because we're going to have a ton of expertise in a lot of different areas. We got people from uh, the from producers, which we had on Monday with uh, Percy Beatty. We're going to have songwriters uh, like we had with William Beckton, and uh, we're going to have makeup artists. We ain't had one of them yet. Uh, entertainment lawyers, but photographers, and all people from all genres of the music industry. It's going to be amazing. Yes, yes, yes. So all that and more. Yes, yes, yes. So all that and more. So our focus for today, again, we truly value your time, and we don't want to waste it. And the topic today is the role of the music director. Man. So let me just say that. Young World is one of the best to ever do it, and has MD for National Recording Artists. National. So Diddy, Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston um, um, let me see, Usher, Usher Mary J. Blige, Teddy Riley, Teddy Riley TLC, TLC, New Edition, T.I., Lil Wayne, Wayne Blackpink, Black I could just and go on, man. And I, and, and, and I still wouldn't run out. The man is blessed, man. But more importantly, above all of those accomplishments, man, above all of the, the goals that he's reached, he's the most genuine, kind, uh, man. Louder, man. His humility speaks louder than his accomplishments, and that's one of the things that I that I felt before I, I knew anything about him. So, man, y'all in for a treat today. But before we um continue, so what we got going, what's going on in our culture, man? What's Nick Cannon? Nick Cannon is in the news. I thought I was going to talk about Megan, but Nick Cannon. So he just got fired from Viacom, CBS, which the host MTV. And his show, um, uh, Wild and Out. Uh, so he just got fired from some statements he made uh, on the new uh, on his pod show on his on his podcast, and he was making some uh, anti-Semitic statements. And uh, some people f- felt they had they felt it in their heart, and they end up uh, letting them go from the station, man. And so um, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel kind of like you know wow. we live in a world that we need to be able to say what we want. But then on the flip side of that, you know, you got to be careful what you say uh, because they do have consequences. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know what? One thing about Nick, man, he's been here. Absolutely, innovative. absolutely. But you know what? Right. Innovator. Absolutely. I believe he's going to be all right. He's going to be good, man. Whichever way the wind blows, he's going to be good, man. Before we start the show. And, and um, I, I did recently to, to come aboard. 
So wow. You never know, man. You never way, know, man. man. We're gonna continue to just, you know, keep it. Either way, man, we see what's going on with Absolutely. Genius, man. Because Thank I mean Wild and Out is one of the Wild and Out is one of the most popular shows that's out there and it's 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 a great improv. And oh, so, man. yeah, he can take that thing anywhere. That's only if he owns the rights. So we just hope he's a good businessman. So today, man, uh, we're talking about, about the role so James, tell of me the why MD. You think, um, so, James, tell, tell me why you think a director is important. Is important. Why is it important to have somebody who's well, qualified? You know, again, it goes kind of like with, uh, with, a, with a producer. But the MD does it on a live set. They bring all the tools together, make sure everyone knows the, the, the music that they're supposed to know and that they're set up and they're ready to go for the show. Um, and making sure, so I think uh, for, that, for that aspect, and see, you know what, in the modern church, we do have music directors, but a lot of times um, that's not one of the key positions that they put in church. And I think that there are, they are needed. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the church as well, you know, we got, we, you know, the secular does it, and they, and, and it's a reason why they do it, and I think it's not, it's not a bad thing to have them in the church because, again, they make sure that everything is done and prepped and ready, and that your band is polished when they get yeah. on stage. Oh yeah, for sure, I definitely agree. And as so an I definitely artist, agree. Man, and as an artist, man, they make our yeah. Jobs easy. yeah, you know, you know what, what I mean. mean? We, we, we mean, get there, and we're able to we, just we, we get there, free to not worry about. We're you know, this is going to be in place, and then they just, just what be free to bring, bring, and they bring a whole new flavor to it. So, I've been blessed to, to have a little um, ends and not ends with uh, with Young World as well. So, man, without further ado, I want you guys to welcome my guest, our guest, my friend, my brother, my spade, Young World. Young World. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? Thank you for coming. Thank you for those. Happy that you're here, man. I'm happy that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're glad to have you, man. Honored to have you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're glad to have you, man. Honored. A little bit, man. I wanna, I wanna give, you know, the most. I wanna give Canon a short amount of time. Basically, I wanna start out with the first question. And James, we can just bounce off of each other. How did you get your start in the music industry? We understand. We understand that everybody has a different journey. But I kind of want to dig into how did you get your start and what some of the steps taken to get to where you are. So, so are you asking, so are you asking as, to start as being a musician? Being being a start as musician or start as becoming a music director? Um, you can go from um, music, you can go from music musician to music okay. director. Okay. So, okay. And what I want to let everyone know is that there is a difference. Because you're a talented musician, because you're a team that you're ready to be a music director. And I'll go into that. I'll go into that. A little later, yeah, um, I started with a gospel group. I started um, with a lot of Rochester to find nature. nature. And I believe at the time, 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 time you to maybe gospel-centric centric or verity. So and so that was an important young, young one. I was a young one in the band that, you know, I cut my those groupies with those. Whether if it was divine nature, certain Whether if it was divine nature, that, you know, you had Buffalo that, you know, you had people out, I know and then so getting hired to the by being a professional 
even though, though they, they probably weren't as the guys who have been out. They had guys who have been out. And so again, I'm cutting my so again, learning learning I had already learned that a young I had already learned that a young age. My dad is a drummer from Uncle. My dad is a drummer from guitar player, music director, guitar player, music director. It's like I had to learn. It's like I had to learn to mature in order to hang with them, get information from them. But they weren't going to let me down. You know what I'm saying? So I had not a time to get basically. Yeah. I mean, not only from the talent, but one day the lead singer, Robbie, singer Robbie, he was like, man, he was like, man, he was like, you're the youngest cat in the band. You're the youngest cat in the band. Like, you're on top of all your parts. You're on top of all your parts. You're the youngest guy. You're the youngest guy. But, but you're holding it. It's like, man, it's your world. And so, and so, wow. And they laugh. Name kind of stuck, so you know, they also do it, but if they have, you know, midnight musicals, I don't know if they do it back in the much I live I don't know if they up in area, much I live in Atlanta now, but night musicals up in like that area, they would be in the back of the church a lot of times because we would go last and things like that. So like that, so me being in the back of the church, me being in the back of the church, kids, I like nudge each other and point, that's young world, that's young world, I'm like, oh, so this is the thing, like the name has kind of, and so basically, it was more relatable it was more relatable for me to just say, hey, I'm young, or I'm young, world, and people would be like, oh, it's a cat named Young World, and so on and so forth. But after working with my uncle, I called some work to do some work with Teddy Riley. And and Bates went out there. I was a part of another band. I was a part of another band. He didn't get a chance to work with Teddy. He worked with Teddy and everybody and just bringing in the people he was comfortable working with. was comfortable with his previous. So I was on my way. Man, you know, I got you bad. Man, I don't mean my husband just hang out. But I was defeated. I'm like, I didn't come to hang out. I'm like, I didn't come to hang out. I came to work. Work, work, You don't know here. And so if I'm not in your in your back in Atlanta, you won't be able to if you stay and nothing nothing happens, it's fine. But if come, your life could change. And so I understood that. And so, yeah, it was probably maybe about, about another week or so. Keyboard and player had asked Teddy, Teddy player had before, asked rehearsal, before rehearsal, can he go to, he go to the, air, the airport or whatever on the town. lunch break, pick up his mom? And, somebody was coming um, to town. And I know Teddy was like, yeah, that's cool. I know Teddy was like, yeah, that's cool. We'll take our lunch break. But at the time, Teddy was trying to manage Jodeci. So at the time that Teddy was taking his lunch break, Devante or somebody Teddy was like, we on the way. I mean, he's competitive, but he's also so excitable. So excitable. Mm-hmm. Everybody, he's coming to rehearse. He want to be Teddy. He want to be jamming. He's on the way. I want to play. And so basically, basically, we can't play if our main keyboard players are there. Keyboard players. So it was about 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 young about young What about old boy? Old boy over there. I don't know the stuff. He did stuff. He did the So they were like, but he came. Are you cool? Are you comfortable? Like, do you know the stuff? And I'm like, but he, well, I don't know what he was teaching you guys because I'm on the sideline. I said, but I said, but I, they said, listen, with the music and stuff, you play this music, listen, it's not to his life, not to his, probably never going to get another opportunity. So this is your choice. And it's nothing wrong if you say either, and it's nothing playing, it's not like he needs to. He was, he was probably, probably never going to use you again. But see, but see, it was that it was that divine intervention between my uncle told me, what my uncle told me, yeah, yeah, that opportunity. So I just, so I just, 
I'm not gonna say corny, but it kind of yeah. felt like this yeah. the opportunity. The opportunity. He was and, I'll, I'll and so and now I'll, I'll keep. I remember Teddy he used to live on his in. tour bus. This is when he used to live on his tour bus. He had to turn Randy out, Michael Jacks out, on the bus. On the bus. On the bus. And so to work on his bus, work on his bus, rehearsing outside the club, bowls serious. That the band that the band laughed out loud. It was, I guess, about to be. It was about to be a joke. A joke. Thing I remembered about what he was right, right, right. He's working with. And so that in over the door and comes in. Showed it. Well, it wasn't the full Joe. Well, it was. It was in Dante's entourage when they came in. They came in. Teddy. Raised his arm and we started the. We started the first note. By the time we got it, by the time we got into maybe the dude No, at the time it was wearing all red, but it was he comes in. He's like, man, you're my keyboard player. If you're not playing, I'm not singing. You know, he was just really excited, and it just went on and on. From there, meeting us, his brother just went on. The same month, red hot. So, so basically, basically, start of start of my career came from working in Teddy's band and all Teddy's band and Jay's little brother. You go out, you go out, you mingle. People like what you got going on. Working with Teddy Riley or whatever, Michael Jackson, Jay this, that, and the third. I'm also working with you know Usher's little brother. So that was kind of my calling of my calling. People were like, you're doing, you're doing that, that. You, 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 you work with us. And so that's how it kind of started. And that's pretty much how it started picking up momentum that I am a professional. Wow. You said a lot, man. That's, man, that's, that's amazing. Just to, I love hearing the journey. Uh, the journey. 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 The Man, my takeaway from that, away from that, that, that was, you take was, a man, sometimes you got to be there. You got to take a chance. Be, be, be there for the opportunity to present itself. You know what I mean? So, uh, calling God. Yeah. Calling certain assignment. He has a certain assignment. for. I mean, I had to give that up at one point because music wasn't working out. Like, not to the point that. So I was like, how do I know that? So I was like, well, how do I know music or being talent place to just play someone keys and no one that this is what the Lord has for me? So, I said, wow. a prayer, I said a prayer before working with Teddy, and I was if this is something thing that I like to do, I can do it on the weekends, my boys. Enlarge my assignment to if I got a mental program or whatever it is, whatever it is, I knew that I was going to be covering what I was And I think that was part church, but that was a part it was supposed to be. be like I'll take this like, away take and this I'll away. get over the fact that see, I just like I, I was to struggling see yeah. I, I was struggling with yeah. my yeah. yeah. and it was the most Mario JB it was the most scariest thing and it was the most Mario JB it was the most scariest thing honest and I was I believed in the power to look more than what that it take could have happened. Away, that it could have wasn't for me, and so me for me, and so praying that praying that prayer, and then a week or two later, later being in a Teddy Riley rehearsal. Like, like, no, 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 because I knew what I knew the Lord to do. You know, I come from a churchy background, so I know you said not to be churchy. <laughs> but, but you know, you know what I'm about to ask. I got I to gotta turn a rough corner. Uh, so you know, like, 
how do you how do you how do you um how to how do you settle the fact that you play for worldly artists and then you still call it a gifting? I know the answer. I know, but I want to know how can you still call this? Not that you can't, um, but uh, how did you? How were you able to still call this a job, a secular job, and still say that it was a gift from God, even though you're playing music that is not uh, all the time glorifying God? Good question, JB. <laughs> right. Good question, JB. I personally, I personally, I personally feel, feel, feel like so, right. on assignment. Everyone, and so not everyone has a chance to be saved, has a chance to be ushered into the church and do an, and do an altar call. Where if sometimes you don't know the Lord, you don't know the Lord. Come sometimes you got to go out and bring a lot of times. And so a lot of times, brothers that I'm currently and the brothers that I'm currently shout out to the band Six. There's just a group of brothers from here that we have an opportunity to work with Korean artists in a K-pop field. And in any way, just feel like do it in glory, in glory, meaning not in terms of meaning, not in terms of your musical service or your plumbing service or your lawyer or your dentist service, but in terms of what I was struggling with was if I play Oregon, spirit man so when i go out and i work with these different artists and we pray before the show we cover ourselves we cover the people that came and go i have yet to work with one artist i mean from chris brown you guys can look at my resume ask me there's not one artist that i've worked with that we don't come together and join hands and pray which now makes it feel very much like my roots in church okay so i think the only difference is you know we play games in church whereas in the secular thing it's out there go to see an artist like an NDIRE or Jill Scott that may have a neutral, positive message that may not be as provocative as a Beyonce or, or, or a Janet Jackson, but you can still go to the concessions and get your beer, you can still go and do that. So I feel like what we're doing, you have to really show your light, you have to really show uh, 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 your power and who you are, because the minute you take a, a picture or sign an autograph and the people hear you speak, and now it's like, wow, that's cool. Because I didn't know that you had a relationship with God. You just came off stage. And so it makes everybody turn their whole. And so, like I said, I believe God can use anyone. And I know that he sends people on assignment. When I throw my hands up and I ask you to place me where you need me. See, I was three services a Sunday, Bible study on Wednesday, a youth choir on Thursday, an adult choir on Saturday. I was that dude. My, my, my grandma is a minister teacher. So I come from that whole Bible study background. But when I ask the Lord put me on assignment, and now he has me out here where I've never been around any hard drugs, I've never been around anything that comes with secular, playing the devil's music, any of that pressure that you feel comes with that, no, it's a choice. You know it's what? Like, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry to interject, man. I just wanted to jump in right there because I was going to ask this question a little bit later, but while we're on this topic, I wanted to know, or for you to help people, because I've seen situations where... Uh, some guys aren't mentally strong enough to, to handle the road or to handle, you know, the, the pressure that comes along with it. So yeah. I wanted you to kind of speak to what type of discipline does it take to not get swallowed up in the, in the glitz and the glamour and, you know, everything that comes along with being connected to these great artists. It's the spirit. Because 
because if I was playing for Ricky Dillard and my spirit is I'm gonna smash every girl in the crowd or I'm gonna try to talk to this choir director, that choir director, that same spirit is gonna be there when you're working with Chris Brown and Usher. Yeah. But if your spirit is saying, hey, I'm gonna find me a good woman, or if you're you know a female that does that, hey, I'm gonna wait till the Lord sends me someone. I'm saying in your spirit, man, your spirit, woman, as you carry yourself, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it starts with what's your character. Now, some people who are struggling with certain things and the Lord is still working on them, then, yeah, you don't need those trials and tribulations or that temptation of putting yourself in a situation where you know God ain't fixed you yet. Yeah. But I don't struggle with that. I'm a very, it could be because I'm a Leo, I'm a very headstrong, you know, motivated person. Shout out to Leo. Yeah, I don't care. Shout out to Leo. I don't follow the crowd. I set my own. So me, I'm the same cat um, that I've been when I was playing at church three times a week or if I'm on tour with Chris Pratt. You see what I'm saying? And the same things that I struggle with walking in the church, it's the same things I may struggle with on stage with Chris, but it's a spirit thing. It's not yeah. It's not an environment thing because if something vexes you or if you know something is not of you or you're not in the higher, I don't do that, you're not going to do it regardless. Right. But if you know you're struck, so I guess I guess to answer your question, if you're, if you're a young, aspiring musician or, or vocalist or singer and you know that there's certain things that God hasn't changed in you yet, then yeah, you don't put yourself, whatever the proper term is, but you don't put yourself, you know, in that lion's then knowing that, you know, yeah. you're subject to be afraid of the lion. If you only step in that lion's then if you have enough courage to know that that lion, you know, can't do nothing with you, you yeah. know, or if you just, you see what I'm saying? I mean, Figuratively speaking, so yeah. I think it's, I think it's one of those things that it starts from I start from within. You know? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I want to dig into uh, some of the process, some of the technical things, because I know we do have some musicians on the line, and uh, I want you to take us through the process. So you get the call from an artist, yeah, requesting you to be an MD on their live uh, for their live show or tour or whatever is going on. So what happens next? How do you proceed from the call to the show? Like what happens in between? Do you pick band members or do you work with band members that are already in place? Kind of give us some different scenarios. So typically, and this is for the musicians that are listening, typically my first job, because before we talk money or before we talk anything, I want to get into the artist and knowing that I can convey or help them with whatever they're trying to say as an artist, right? So everybody's different. And so, like JB was saying earlier, the musician or the music director is every bit the live producer. Yeah. You know, he produces that show. Um, and we can talk about programming and things like that, but we're just talking about straight music directing. The first thing I want to know is I want to meet with the artist, and I don't, I don't think about my team. I don't think about money. All I think about is the artist. I want to listen to all their music. I want to watch all their interviews to get in the mind of who the artist is and what they're trying to say. And that way, I'll know uh, JB's the perfect piano player. Mario's the perfect vocalist. This dude's the perfect drummer. This guy's the perfect bass player. I'll start conceptualizing that. Gotcha. Once I conceptualize that with the artist, and I feel like I understand who the artist is, then we have to talk money. Only because the budget has a lot to do with what goes into this. Can you afford four and five musicians? Can you afford maybe just a piano player? Should we come together and record a track show? There's a lot of artists that just track that I'm music director for that they've never seen a live band. We play track to tape, if you guys know what that means. We basically play live in the studio environment, and that's what the artist performs to. They track to, and 
the music you hear is us. If you have a bigger budget and you can afford the livelihood, because essentially as an artist, no matter how much money you've made, you have to be willing to be responsible for the people that you're hiring from the time they leave their home to the time you send them back home. So if something happens with Mario on a plane, God forbid something happens with Young on a plane, and we don't have medical insurance, well, we're on your dime. So you guys don't leave us just on the plane laid out. You got to make sure y'all get us help, assistance, whatever it is. Oh, uh, he doesn't have insurance, but well, there's a cost. Well, you can't dig in my pockets and start looking at Someone has to cover that. You have to be responsible for the people that you're moving in and out when you're hiring them. And so it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of different folds to the conversation. But it's first getting to the artist because that's how you get into making them happy and telling their story. Where it's not just, oh, you hire a young girl. He's got to give you the same production or the same sound. Like you order a pizza. You don't care what the last guy ordered want a super veggie or super meat lovers or whatever so that's how each artist is you know you're getting recommended off your work but they want you to cater to them and provide whatever it is their specific thing is and so once you achieve that now you can put a price tag on it so you can't put a price tag on something and they're not you're missing the mark in terms of what they're trying to say so once you get your story down with the artist once you get a budget to know who you can hire and who you can't yeah, it's very much you're in the hot seat because now you're on the line. You have to hire the right people. It's going to be on time. It's going to be punctual. And, and not just band. I have to hire the background singers. I have to hire the musicians. I have to meet with the choreographer to get their uh, uh, vision if it's that type of gig. Obviously, if it's Erica Badu or something like that where there, there's no dancers, Fred Hammond or something, then that's different. But if it's a pop gig or a popular gig where they have other moving parts, as the music director, you're responsible for that entire live production. And so it's the hot seat. You know, the artists, if it's a new artist that don't know where to go, you're the one that, okay, you got to stand here, put your mic here, don't cover the capsule, hold your mic here, don't belt into the mic loud. You know, because I've been dealing with artists where if they've never had vocal training, now I have to be that. I have to make sure the artist is holding the mic at a certain thing, you know, the professional thing to do. I can hear in their voice, like, did you warm up? They've never warmed up a day in their life. So now it's my job to make sure that I'm warming up with the artist. So I make a tape that they can warm up to. I'm rehearsing the background singers. You, as a music director, are very much a coach that, in my opinion, and no shades to musicians that's listening, that's straight out of high school, well, not high school, straight out of college, or maybe high school, straight out of high school, straight out of college, straight out of Berkeley, getting an opportunity to MD, I would very much turn that down. Or I would very much accept the job to bring in an OG to MD as you supervise or you watch under them, because music director has nothing to do with your talent as it does with your experience. Because you have to be the guy that's cool at all times. You have to be the guy that keeps the artist comfortable. You have to be the guy that can speak to your band members and get them in check if it needs to be in check. And I don't mean anything wrong. I just mean if you can't beat yourself. If everything's frustrating, if everybody's talking at one time, you have to be able to get control. For the longest, Teddy didn't want to hire me as the MD because I was always small in stature, always had a baby face, so he felt like he's so much of a kid that even though he's talented, the guys aren't going to listen to him. He's not going to be able to control the band. Right. And one day, Teddy saw me take control, and he didn't, you know, I'm a pretty mild guy, but when it's time to go to work, that door yeah. closes and a different thing comes out. And so so basically, that's what, in, in short, that's what comes with music director. It's a few different shades that you are ultimately responsible for. Yeah. And so if you don't have that under your belt, there's no, you shouldn't raise your hand and, and qualify for that. Because the higher up you get up the ladder, that could be your name on the line if you don't know what you're doing. Artists can come in and see two seconds, you don't know what you're doing, fire. Now you don't know what happened, they didn't like my boys, we had a hot arrangements. It's like, that's cool, they were talented, but your leadership wasn't strong enough to make the people involved feel comfortable.
So you spoke a little bit to it, uh, or uh, to it, uh, but what's the difference between a musician, right, and a music director? I know you were, you were about to speak to it earlier, uh, and so what's the difference between the two? The difference between the two is, as a as a talented musician, that qualifies you to be in this rehearsal with Whitney Houston because you're dope at what you do. You can play your acts. See, Whitney goes into a lot of church hymns and things like that. That until you can play for her, you have to be well diverse. Because she goes anywhere, not live, but just and hanging. Hey man, let yeah. me play. Let me hear you. Oh, I'm a singer. She's singing one of them old, you know, Sissy Houston, Dionne Warwick hymns. But you're like, wait a minute, wait, I ain't heard that before. So you have to know that she's only dealing with someone like Whitney per se. She's only dealing with the best of the best. Or someone like uh, K. Michelle, who I, I don't mind speaking, when I got with her, she was a younger artist maybe didn't go through the artist development thing so her so her temperament was different she didn't understand a lot of things but explain things to her and if things didn't seem right she was using natural now natural logic why is it this why is it there what? they said sound check at four o'clock yeah okay but the load in wasn't until 2 30 there's no way they're going to be ready at four your management should have told you now this is me giving her the actual facts right. what's the load right. oh so my management didn't do something so what i'm saying is being a talented musician only gets you in the door and in the room to start your training. Sure. You're different than a soldier. So you go through all that eagle eye, can you be a marksman, can you be this, can you be that? Not to be a general. You go through all of that to get your uniform, to be on the front line, to be a part of the platoon. Now, after you have fought a few battles yeah. and lost a few wars, yeah, yeah. yada, 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 yeah, that makes sense. Graduate and earn, earn your stripes and earn your purple heart. And that's every bit of what I see a lot of talented guys that just don't understand the music director thing. And there's nothing wrong. It's just your career started in the hot seat instead of you being around long enough to get that education and to get that school and to see how it goes. You see? So that's all. But there's no... There, see, see, what I'm saying is a music director doesn't even have to play an instrument. Yeah. It's almost like in church. When I was in church... I mean, I didn't play in church for 20 years, but we had minister of music. Right. Who never played, at least in my church. Minister of music never played. <laughs> She would hire a band leader or someone in charge of the band. So it's almost like in the secular world, that music director really doesn't even have to play. It's, it can be a music, you can almost change the title to musical supervisor or, or, or musical producer or musical coach because all you're doing is hiring the right people to come in. I mean, I mean I've been, I mean, right now I'm music director for Lisa James and I've probably done less concerts than I have played concerts. Wow. But I've done all her musical arranging, I've done all her musical programming, and I've hired the guys. I come in, I rehearse them, I make sure they're good, I hire a band leader, make sure he's got everything straight, and her and I still talk one-on-one. So I can be in Tokyo, I can be in Okinawa, if something's not right, she doesn't go to the band leader, she comes back to me as the music director and say, hey, the show was, I mean, she's never said it, but as an example, sure. hey, the show was horrible, I don't know what was going on with the arrangement, I don't know what's going on with the band, and then I call my band leader and say, hey, no, nah, I, I still don't have to be music, I don't have to be Beethoven. To do that, I can still have enough musical cultural sense to be a coach, to be like, listen, no, don't rehearse that way. Do it this way. You guys only rehearse five hours. Maybe you need to rehearse eight hours. You know, it's 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 basically a supervisor position that, in my opinion, you should only be promoted to with wow. enough experience. You don't wow. come in playing your bass, being in charge of that. That's a different piece. Gotcha, wow. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow. Yeah. So um, I, I, another thing I wanted to ask you was, um, I know I there's been times where, you know, we, we face unexpected circumstances, you know, during showtime. 
and we have to learn to adjust right then and there. So I wanted to know, has there been a time when you've had, you know, to work through some glitches, like some major glitches in, in the right in the heat of the moment? Yeah, we call them, we call them war stories. Okay. And so if I go from the most recent glitch, and then we can continue to go back if we choose, but real brief, so I work with a K-pop group, uh, their name is Blackpink. They're playing stadiums. So for those of y'all that's listening, there's uh, sheds, which are like outside amphitheaters. Well, there's first, there's bars and things like that. Or there's sanctuaries and things like that. There's theaters. There's uh, uh, arenas, which I believe arenas are probably still a little smaller than like Major League Baseball parks. And then there's stadiums where, you know, big boys play. The New Orleans Saints, Buffalo Bills, you know, football, you know, 70, yeah. 80, whatever. Yeah. So I believe a stadium is either 55, 50,000 or more, right? And so I just joined this K-pop group. We're doing 50, 55,000 people or better every night. I came in with maybe three or four shows. Well, not even that. I came in and played a few festival shows that were only 20, 30 minutes. My first world tour show was at Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. A full two-hour show, and it was being recorded to DVD. And so it's such a big deal because this company is used to working at such a level that they don't care. They care, but if I, you know, I come in with my credentials, I work with Whitney Houston, Chris Brown, Usher, and I tear their show up, they don't care who I work with. They like working with all the people. You were supposed to come in slamming, right? And so we get there, and for the keyboard players out there, JB, you, you might know a little bit about this. I use software sounds. So I don't use the physical sounds of the keyboard. I use my computer. And as we all know, with emails, with downloading, with anything, a computer will send you smooth down and play. Come on, man. And so <laughs> I'm pretty good with my technical support and troubleshooting, right? And so I feel pretty confident. And so... Yeah, I was playing the show real smooth and pretty good, and then maybe about halfway through, in a bridge section where it features just me, I made a mistake because I panicked. And excuse me, I made a mistake because I panicked, and it had my computer to glitch. Not in panic because I was nervous. I made a move quicker than what I normally do because in real time, in a real live show, it, it doesn't really matter, in my opinion. I'm a little bit behind switching a sound or something because it's live. Yeah. But knowing that they were recording the DVD, technically for you guys out there, I kept my foot on the sustain pedal and switched my patch too early without releasing my foot, and it had the sound to hold. Oh. So now that I switched the sound, you hear. Ah. <laughs> so I turned the sound off, and now I'm trying to I'm trying to bring it back in. You. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh, hard pump. So now because I have so many other keyboards, I just had to go to another keyboard and play the bridge. And so, I don't think many people, I think the band was almost smiling because I played a different sound, but I don't think they knew what was happening until, you know, we have talkback mics, which are basically mics that we can communicate with our techs, with our other musicians, and so when we got the first break, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, my computer, my computer, and so the MD, he's so cool, he was more so just, are you okay, is the computer okay, they weren't even thinking about the glitch, wow. but on the playback, if you watch the DVD, don't notice it because right. if a mind sounded like that and it was I made the transition so fast when I saw the note stick that yeah. by the time I cut it off and went to the next floor it, 
so smooth that that type of uh, uh, frustration didn't even come across. You would never even know. Wow. A few band members that was like, I can tell something happened because the sound is different than what we're used to hearing. But right. as far as the glitch, so what I'm trying to get people to understand is um, I'm coming in 20 years of strong experience, right? Not since I've been playing in my Baptist church. and I'm on 20 years of being one of the greatest producers of all time. One of the biggest selling artists of all time. And now you got me 20 years later. So there was a lot of whoopings, a lot of, you know, hey man, there was a lot of constructive criticism that I had to endure. But it's made me to the point where Tokyo Dome, 50-something thousand people, something as simple as a computer glitch, I know enough not to melt. I know enough to, oh, and just go right to my next keyboard and get it done. And so those are the things that come with experience and come with uh, just getting your maturity together. Because at that point, it didn't matter that it was 50-something thousand people Tokyo Dome. It just mattered that I did a satisfactory job that they wanted me to come back and continue to be a part of this band. Wow. Yeah. Like, you know, Victor Wooten said something similar to that. He was practicing, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't know exactly what he said, but he said something like, you know, he 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 practices to um, he practices to get bad notes so that he knows how to transition the bad notes to good notes. If that makes sense. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, th I think that's that, that's amazing. I, but but I guess my question then too is, how do you know where where did you get the the, the wherewithal to be able to uh, to keep your cool? In those situations, because that's a huge situation, right? You talk about fifty-five thousand plus people. Uh, you know, where does that come from to keep your cool and all in different types of situations with yeah, band members, with artists, and things like that? Yeah, basically, my first situation wasn't arenas; it was amphitheaters when I first went out with Teddy. So when I first that, that Teddy story, I told y'all I was rehearsing with Guy, which is Teddy Riley, Aaron Hall, Damian Hall, and then shortly after they added Blackstreet to the bill. And then shortly after, I left them and got with Tony, 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 and then New Edition. It wasn't until New Edition that I started playing arenas. I went on to play arenas with Teddy, but I'm sure. just saying at that time, sure. the timeline was amphitheater, amphitheater, theater, 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 arenas. And so the size of the arena, I felt like I had to play louder. I felt like I had to rock harder. I felt like I had to overcompensate until I started uh, talking to veteran musicians and explaining to them what I was going through. And they was like, in time, you'll get it. They didn't really give me much advice. They just said, in time. And what I started learning was just how to calm down. So when I say 20 years, I know a lot of people who say 20 years, and that means I did a gig here, I did a gig there. Oh, I probably play bass for uh, Angie Stone here. I maybe play. I'm talking about 20 years. Right? I'm talking about up until COVID. The longest I've been home was a month in 20 years. Wow. Okay, so 20 years ago from today, up until March 7th of this year, I'd probably be home maybe three to four. I think the longest was maybe a month before you get called to go work with the next artist. And so you just learn by trial and error. First, you start believing in yourself. Even if you flubber or make a mistake, you learn that it's accepted because you've been proven your stature. It's like Michael Jordan missing a free throw. You're not going to cut him from the bulls. You understand his value, even though he's a human being. Absolutely. So I've learned how to even in error still blanketed enough to where you don't ruin the entire, real quick, so so, so there's a piano ballad that I play with this young lady on the K-pop named Jisoo and so when we were rehearsing the songs were out of order and so when it was so dark on stage and they got these little lights that I'm looking at my set list and the music director called the song so fast remember they had been on the world tour for two years this is my first show, 
So we in sound checking when he calls the song. Not only do I have to understand what song he's talking about, I have to go and change my setting. But when he went to change the setting, the guy starts to click track, and when the track starts, the production, everything starts moving, but there's no piano. I mean, it's butt naked. And so <laughs> everybody stops, and they're on the walkie talkie like, what's going on? What's going on? So I looked at Omar, and I just nodded my head because he knew what I was doing. And so the show producer was like, what was that? What was that? He was like, let's do it one more time. And then she thought about it, and she was like, is he all alone right there? And he was like, yeah. She's like, do we need to put something in there? He's like, no, he got it. And just that confidence he had. Wow. Played it again, I was there. Played it that night, I was there. But if you're not experienced enough, that's enough to mess with you. Oh, my right. God, I, I got to make sure I don't mess up tonight. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. No, you know good and well. I, I didn't mess up because I wasn't confident. I messed up because we're now adjusting to the new things that's happening. And I was just, man, he, the music director ain't number 29 years old. I'm like, man, it's crazy you had that much faith in me. Hmm. He, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't even... Hey, man, are you sure you're good? I mean, he, he told her, no, we got it good. You know what I mean? Right. So it, it must be that confidence that I've exuded, you know, since those guys have met me. So what I'm saying is all of that comes with trial and error. Sure. Things start to slow down. You start to get more poised. And no matter how big the arena, you're like, I've been here before. You know, I know. Gotcha, gotcha. You know yeah. Wow, yeah. wow. That makes sense. Yeah, so, man, this is this is great, man. <laughs> Just yeah. dig in
yada, yada, yada. It's like you can't just come in there with any old thing or presentation wise. Because any music director like, yo, I came over here to eat. I didn't I don't have to do it. Right. So, so 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 what musicians can do to repay the music director, it's like, yo, you over here doing Christina Aguilera or Madonna, you could have called anybody. And so I'm gonna take pride in my appearance. Yeah, I know we've been grinding, I'm gonna call a barber to come to the hotel and line me yeah. up. Not because yeah. we have an appearance, but because I'll the artists come in, if management comes in, I want to look the part. This is how you get hired for the next job, and so on and so forth. And so what I look for in the unknown killers is just people that have that heart and that hunger that I have. Not someone that's, it's so many people, if those are still listening, it's so many people that will come at me as if they're qualified. Hey man, if you need a bass player, give me a call. I'm like, I have a session with <laughs> whoever next week, Usher. And you've never done anything outside of your local church. <laughs> Instead of saying, hey, man, what is it that I can work on as a bass player, as a drummer, as a guitar player, as a keyboard player, that would have you to want to call me one day? See, they don't ask the question. They just make themselves available. Now, no video, no MP3, just a bunch of words. And it's like, bro, I don't know who you are. You know who I am because you actually made the effort to introduce yourself. No problem. But now take it a step can you imagine if I was 19, 20 years old and had access to Ricky Minor or something? I would upload them with so many ideas and things to where you wouldn't have no choice but to call me. But guys are like trying to take me out for lunch and they want to be cool and then they're not even buying tickets to the show. They want to see if I can hook them up. It's like, bro, I bought an $82 ticket to the Janet Jackson uh, uh, Offer You Tour. I bought an $85 ticket to the Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, uh, uh, dual, a uh, strip tour. I mean, to this day, and I got all the connections, I still won't get comps from my homies. I will buy a seat and so I, and I don't want to be backstage. I don't want to get it from that. So, because I want to get it from a learning standpoint, even wow. to this day. I don't want to be backstage and shaking hands and kissing babies. I want to get the knowledge of it. And so that's what I look for. And I, know, and I can tell, bro, there's smoke is Mario, if you see smoke on the highway, based off the needs and 
influence of the people. I get so many different DMs, so many private messages about different things that it's cool that I'm quarantined and I don't have anything to do, but once my life picks back up, it's going to be hard to answer each and every one, especially if I have six or seven guys with the same question. So I just created a platform, but I like to call it a private club. I mean, my family just kind of called me, you said this, you said that. It's like I like to take the gloves off and just talk without compromising myself or the people. You know, I would never say anything intentionally to hurt anyone or expose anyone, but I'm trying to talk as real as possible and be transparent so it it encourages and inspires people um, to want to continue to pursue their passion. So at Patreon, um, if you go to my Facebook uh, page and you see any one of the links, the link is always in the description, and then if you go to my Instagram, the link is in my bio. And basically all it is... It's just a, a platform where you can ask me tough questions, um, and I'll respond either with an audio story or an email reply. I'll also be uploading my own audio stories. I have three up there so far, which basically talks about my journey. Um, what was it like working for Diddy? What was it like getting the Chris Brown gig? What was it like working for Usher? What was it like being on this record? What was it like the first time, you know, Saturday Night Live, American Music Awards, whatever, traveling, doing it? How do you save your money? How do you invest your money? It's all these different things that I'm talking about about that maybe, you know, the regular traffic on social media don't care about it. Okay, this is old. Let's go over here and let's talk to those that want to hear. So sign up. Go over there, man. I'm going to be dropping uh, mini files from previous shows or previous albums I've played on tours. I'll be dropping all the type of content, downloadable tracks that you guys can share to, bass, drums, keys, guitar. Sometimes I do challenges, and I'll have some of my young homies help me out, and then those tracks are available exclusive. So what I'm doing is, even if you're not subscribed and you see certain people playing, the only way you can get this content or my stories, as y'all know, I can talk. So each my each of my stories are at least an hour long. I'm digging <laughs> in, and I'm being as candid as possible. So it's a lot of good information, man, over there. So for those that want that, just go on over there and subscribe. That's what's up. Yeah. Thank you again, bro. We don't take this lightly. Um, just you bringing your supply and being freely giving your information, man. It means a lot. And, um, you know, I, I, I just I have to say this, man. Your family has been a tremendous blessing to me, man. From from mom to sister to sisters to aunts. And, man, I, I just, you know, I've just got adopted into the fam, bro. And, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, just been, it's just been a blessing, man. So I'm honored to just even be connected to you. You've even created some opportunities for me with major artists that we won't yeah. share right now, but I, I, I'm grateful, man. I'm truly grateful for your you, heart, your, um, your talent, your, just your character, everything, man. Just you as an individual, man, with the let the world know that, uh, you know, we appreciate you, bro. Hey, James. Absolutely. We did it, bro. If, if we, people knew <laughs> what we go through, yeah, the man, that kind of makes stuff like this happen. Wow. Oh my God, man! Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of challenges. So we appreciate all of our listeners, all of our viewers that tune in tonight. Continue to uh, support us. Continue to share it. Help us grow this platform so we can continue to give you great information. And um, subscribe to the YouTube, Facebook. Um, as you've seen, there was a ticker I believe below that um, had all that information. But um, we invite your feedback. Your feedback helps us to grow as well. You know, we're not softy, so if it was terrible, let us know it was terrible, and uh, we'll, we'll work. We'll work on it. Okay. And, and um, if that's terrible, me, I'll go live in five minutes. And then you know, this is terrible. Let's talk about how, you know, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, it was a pleasure meeting you too, man. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Man, give me up on social media or whatever, man. Yes, sir. Like I said, anytime I can give back and do this, I mean, it was such a comfortable thing. I think when Mario first said me, I'm like, well, how long is it? You know, only because I know some people can overstate and welcome. But sure. This, yeah. 
felt so comfortable. It felt yeah. like, oh man, I didn't even realize I could see the thing, the ticker going. I didn't even think we were going. <laughs> yeah, y'all, I'll yeah. hit me up anytime. And, if, and, 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 you know, culturally, if you need anything from me, you want different guests on, or want me to use my resources to help build a platform, like, it's a lot of people that would love to come on and talk in this type of environment. Um, That's what's up. So not the controversy. I know what y'all asking. Comfortable. Mario, like family. I thought you was going. Okay, let's take the glove. Uh, let me. Uh, but now it was beautiful. So now that I see the platform, yeah, feel free to hit me if you guys need anything from me. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Monday through Friday, man. Monday through Friday, you guys. Uh, same time, same place. Uh, Ten o'clock Eastern, nine o'clock Central. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow we will speaking with um, a videographer by the name of, and filmmaker by the name of Theo Rogers. That's another piece of the puzzle. So we're just bringing you everything music and education. So he's bringing a whole different perspective, and we're excited to have him as well. So make sure y'all tune in tomorrow. If you know any filmmakers, videographers, any young people that want to get into the industry and know what cameras to use, what lenses, and that type of thing, tomorrow's a conversation that you want to be a part of. So, JB, you want to take it out, bro? Thank you again. Till tomorrow. Peace.